The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. The fiery dart is still going to come at us. There's no denying that. So to be honest about that and to invite people into that place of vulnerability and just say, like, I've got your back. Next, spend Wednesdays in the Word with Sheila Walsh, Rebecca Lyons, and Ann Voskamp. Your story is never told in a vacuum. It brushes up against other people's in your own life, too. And I, I just think it's a beautiful thing in the body of Christ when we can say, it's okay, I will steward your story well. This is Sheila Walsh. Welcome to Wednesdays in the Word. I'm so glad you took some time out to join us. One of my kind of life verses is written when Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica. This is what he said in 1 Thessalonians. He said, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. I love that. I love the way that Paul shows, here's the good news and here's how the good news is shaping me. There's something about the beauty of transparency that I think is such a healing gift. And so I've invited two of the women that I consider to be the most transparent women. And the way that Christ shines his light through their brokenness is truly breathtaking. Anne Voskamp and Rebecca Lyons. Thank you. So great to have you both here. And I wanted to ask you, first of all, um, You've took some time this year to actually go on the road together with um, Christy Knuckles. I've never met her personally, but I just hear glorious things about her. What has that been like for you, being on the road together? Well, we decided to do this tour because we had already traveled at least three trips in one year. We, we were joking that we were roomies for 30 nights in one year's time, and we still loved we still each other loved when it was over. Really? So that's what even gave this tour an idea. We were in Israel once, and we walked in. We were sharing a room in a kibbutz overlooking the Emmaus Road, and we walked in. There's these little, tiny little beds that were about eight inches off the ground, two twins, and they were pushed together, and we stayed there for seven nights and we didn't even oh, push those beds good, apart and I remember Whoa. thinking is this weird like it was just <laughs> we just connected so well and um, shared so much in that season and and just really the more we talked about brokenness and freedom the two go together you can't ever experience freedom without brokenness once you've experienced freedom it comes from a place of that that brokenness and breaking free yeah. mm -hmm. it's it's Totally the perfect pairing. Mm. But I wanted to ask you, what has it been like so far? What have you seen happen mm. with your audience mm -hmm. as you share from, and you write so mm -hmm. much about the beauty of brokenness, and you, Rebecca, you talk about freedom. What have you seen happening in the audience? You know what? I'm most inspired by watching them minister to each other. Wow. So it's almost like we've done that, you know, in our exactly. friendship. and there's almost a commissioning for them to do that. So many Beautiful. of the women are bringing their people or their church or their small group or their friends or family. And we end the night. Both of us mm -hmm. and both of our encounters, engagements with them, for them encouraging, take the, somebody's hand, touch somebody's shoulder, feeling brave, cup somebody's face. And we help them speak truth and gospel yeah. over each other. Wow. When you look into someone's eyes 
and, and hear them speak truth to you, that does something to your heart yeah. in a really powerful way. So we're really there just as to get out of the way mm -hmm. and let them really encounter Jesus. Mm -hmm. But you know what I love about that? One of my passionate commitments is to kind of demythicize the platform. Right. Completely. You, yes, everyone has a voice. Everyone's yes. a minister, yes. Because yes. so often I think, you know, it's mm -hmm. easy to get up in platform and speak and ask people to respond. But my big question then is, well, what now? Right. Mm -hmm. What happens when they go back right. home to a marriage that's difficult to a child that's rebelling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're experiencing... But if they can do this in community, they've community. got somebody they can hold on to. When they walk out the door, that's somebody that, yeah. that they can lean mm -hmm. back into, that they can go ahead and share real time mm -hmm. what life's like. Wow. Mm -hmm. And they all want it. They yeah. come alive in, in that, speaking, reminding each other what is true. Mm -hmm. Then they're like, we have each other when we go yeah, back home. Exactly. Like, you've got me on speed dial, yeah, you know? Right. That's what we need mm -hmm. on those days that are really hard. Mm -hmm. We need to be reminded of what is true. What have you learned, um, I'm going to ask both of you this, but what have you learned from your friendship and your mm -hmm. partnering with Anne on this journey? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. You know, I've learned with her what I think Jesus also tells us, right? That nothing's off limits. Mm -hmm. Like that you don't have, that there's nothing you can share that will push that person away. And that mm -hmm. really is Christ's love, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's sometimes where we'll be like laughing, laughing, then I'm like, but then I kind of felt like her, you know? And she's totally right there with me. And then she'll immediately just share something. And I think when you lead with vulnerability mm -hmm. in any friendship, mm -hmm. you immediately connect and, and there's something trusted there. And I've learned that from you. I think, you know, what I've learned from you is that we bring our vulnerable places and pieces of each other to each other. And there's a communion in that. And then there's always that, let's pray. Yes. Yeah. It's always... It's always getting down on our knees, getting down on our faces, yes. and really pouring our hearts out and being broken, letting those tears water mm -hmm. dry places in us. Mm -hmm. And I think the times, it's always prayer with you, Rebecca. Yes. And it's always pushing into Jesus. And I think that's what we, we bring to each other is that, hey, I know a brokenhearted healer. Mm -hmm. and, and it's yeah. that time of prayer that I found so healing in our yes. friendship. Yeah, because prayer is, you know, that vertical mm -hmm. communion, right? And when you actually can share that with a friend mm -hmm. and feel like that's a safe, mm -hmm. sacred, trusted mm -hmm. place. I mean, where two or three are gathered, gathered. right? But yes. sometimes we don't really feel that freedom to yeah. pray in a very vulnerable way with friends. But that has been that bonding is, for us. That's God plowing new life into both of us, and he has reaped beautiful things yeah. out of that. So if you can find somebody you can be really honest with and pray with that person, I think there's redemptive life out of that kind of place. But that, then what you're doing is really show and tell of what James <laughs> says about confess your sins yes. one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I have to tell you, I mean, God in his mercy knew how much I would need both of you. Mm -hmm. Because just even yesterday was just one of my hardest days. You know, I, I take medication for depression and most days I'm good. But yesterday I just had a hard day. A day when I thought, Lord, I don't know if I can do this much longer. Yeah. And, and on days like that, to be able to dig into books of, of girls who, who remove the shame from being human and broken, mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you. I think we want to be seen in our brokenness. I'm not the only one. Yes. And I think just to, to be known yeah. and seen is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I, I hope that the words we lay down on the page, yeah. somebody say, I see what that kind of pain is like. Mm -hmm. This is mine too. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. 
I had a day like that in December, right? You did? A week, uh, six weeks before my Freedom Book's coming out, right? <laughs> and I remember sitting in the bathtub and just staring at the wall for what felt like too long to be appropriate and normal. And I remember saying, like, I need an SOS text to someone right now to join me right now in prayer. Um, if we don't have that in the church, mm -hmm. what is it that we have to all of a sudden have it? Like, the fiery dart is still going to come at us. There's no denying that. So to be honest about that and to invite people into that place of vulnerability and just say, like, I've got your back. Mm -hmm. I'm coming around you. I'm laying hands. We're, we're, we're going before the throne together. You know? Yeah. And we need that. <laughs> because I think the other element that is hugely important, I mean, I do the things that I know to do. You know, I take my medication, I try to exercise, I try to eat well. But I also have to remember that we're in a spiritual battle. Yeah. And, Absolutely. you know, I have a, I've written a book that won't come out until later in 2017, but it's the first time ever that I talk about the fact that for most of my life, I've struggled with suicidal thoughts. Right. My dad took his life when he was 34. Suicide is unspeakable to most people, but when somebody in your family does it, it puts it on the table. Yeah. And, and I've never, and since I finished the manuscript, I've never felt so attacked. And I think that's why we need those people yeah. that we can simply say, hey, I am not yeah. doing well at all right now. Well, when you're going after the message, right? The, the enemy is the author of death. And when you're going after that, he's doubling down. I remember, I was in torment this fall in the middle of the night. Like ridiculous lies would come over me and I'd wake my husband up and he was like, everything you're saying doesn't even make sense. I was like, you don't understand how powerful that can become. And all the more you have to have people right then, even in your present life. Long distance is awesome because we do boxer prayers that are very, very long. Um, but when we're together, you know, you also have to have that someone that's down the road that can be there at a moment's notice just to say, this is the day that I need someone right now. One of the things I love that you are both doing is just unveiling the secrets and the lies yeah. that keep us so in prison. I had a really interesting experience. Um, a few months ago, I was speaking in a large Christian women's conference and it was very upbeat, very happy. And at the end of my message, I felt compelled to do something I'd never done before. Mm. And so I simply said from the platform, if you have ever attempted to take your life or if you struggle with suicidal thoughts, would you join me at the front? There were over 500 wow. women, ages from 14 to 75. Yeah. And I thought, you know, there's some things that we think, well, you can't confess that, yeah. particularly if you're a Christian or if you're a Christian leader, you know, I mean, clean your act up. Yeah. But then you realize some of the, I think two of the most powerful words in the English language are me too, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you are doing mm -hmm. through your books and through this, through speaking on the road. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel, um, it's too much. Do you ever feel too vulnerable? Mm. I was, um, was in Grand Rapids with a group of women and they were bringing the broken way and I was signing copies. All of a sudden, I just started to weep. I realized, oh my goodness, what have I done? All of these women are carrying around my heart in their hands. And I couldn't get it together. I had to go to the washroom, wipe my face off. We feel like I have shared You've written for an audience of one. You've written in a really vertical space before the Lord. And then you realize it is out there. Mm -hmm. And so many times when I meet women, I just, thank you for being a safe place to trust with pieces of my heart. Right. Um, 
because it is, it's messy <laughs> and it's incredibly vulnerable. Um, and it's vulnerable because you're telling, your story is never told in a vacuum. It brushes up against other people's in your own life too. And I, I just think it's a beautiful thing in the body of Christ when we can say, it's okay, I will steward your story well. Mm -hmm. I will carry it as a precious gift mm -hmm. and, and see that you meant it as a bomb for my own brokenness too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. When you write on freedom, mm -hmm. um, how does that, because you're, you're married, you have children, mm -hmm. you have a life. I sometimes think if we could just take what we believe and go and sit in a room somewhere, <laughs> sit in a corner and just be like, I'll just be here believing this. <laughs> right. But then you bump into a person. Mm, right. How do you daily yeah. remain free? Mm. Well, you know what's funny about the book is some of the most popular chapters are free to grieve, mm. free to be weak, free to wait. It's almost like the freedom of even being in that brokenness mm -hmm. and knowing that he is covering it. Mm -hmm. He sees it. You know, when I read Hebrews 10 and, and that, that idea of God says, I will write my laws on their hearts and bind them on their minds. And I will never again, remember their sins or the lawless acts. I'm like, uh, uh, wait a minute. Cause you heard me this morning with my kids. <laughs> I don't know how you, the credit of Christ's righteousness and our hearts and lives it's just staggering to me because then it goes, yes, I am fallen and broken in need of a savior. And because of that savior, Christ's righteousness, God, God sees that yeah. on me. That's, there's no greater act of love, unconditional love. Cause we know, we know we are, we bring our mess and he redeems it all. And so my family, like, you know, like all of our families, they see it all, they see it all. And there's a lot of apologies going around <laughs> and there's all, there's a lot of like new mercies in the morning guys. <laughs> but don't you think that's a gift to our children? Yeah. I think when you can be honest with your children and say, I'm not gonna get it all right. And right. I blew it here. It gives them permission to show up as well when, and be real. When Pierce was like five, I said, I'm sorry, son. I shouldn't handle that. He goes, it's okay, mom. We all sin. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that. that. You know, it's like, yep, that's true. <laughs> okay, I want to throw a verse at you because for me, with the way we are in the States at the moment, with what's going on in our nation, with what's going on in the church, mm. this is one of the most important verses to me. Mm. First Peter 3:15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Amen. But do this with gentleness and respect. Yeah. Um, mm. What that verse says to me is that as believers, we should be living lives that raise questions, mm -hmm. but with gentleness and respect. I love the fact that you and your husband, Gabe, have this Q ideas. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about that, Rebecca. Well, Q stands for questions, and it really is where we ask the church one question. What does faithfulness look like mm -hmm. when wow. the culture seems lost? Right? And it's wow. been, we started this 13 years ago when it didn't feel as relevant as it does even now. And so we'll ask the church, like, how do we navigate the tensions of our day with all of the issues that are at hand, right? There's so many now. And what does faithfulness to Jesus look like? Well, it does include humility and kindness mm -hmm. and respect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it also, uh, there were some moments earlier this spring where I felt compelled by the spirit, like I could not shake it. And it was one of those, you know, crazy. I was like, I need to say something about this, especially particular women in particular. You know, I have a very deep seated mm -hmm. conviction on, you know, 
that we were never made to begin or end life to make that decision, mm -hmm. right? And so that breaks my heart, obviously, like it does so many others. And and so sometimes we are called to speak and to do that with boldness, but also with humility mm -hmm. and clothed, <laughs> clothed in that kind of, you know, kindness, so. I read the other day that um, so many millennials, you know, my son, that's my son's age, he's 20, are walking away from church. Yeah. And I wondered if you had any perspective and why you think that is so and what you think that we as the church can do to live a life that would make people want to run to us rather than from us. Okay. I, you go and then I'll... I think, um, I think millennials are looking at the suffering and the brokenness in the world mm -hmm. and saying, if you're the church, if it's about healing, if, if you care about these things, are you showing up? Right. Where is your compassion for the brokenness in the world? Is, is getting saved then just about sort of getting into your life draft and hanging on and you're okay? Or is being saved about trying to save others and, and caring about, about places where there's suffering, caring about famine, caring about sex trafficking, caring about refugee crisis, caring about where people are in dire need of someone to show up and be like Jesus. I think millennials are looking at, at the church and saying, if, who is Jesus really? Would Jesus show up in these places? And is the church showing up in these places? So I think we, we need to look at, as we open our Bibles, as we read these verses, gospel compels us to go out into the world and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So it's, it's, not, um, it's not about sort of escaping into our little comfort enclaves but it's about going and being comfort in places that are in dire need. So I think, I think they're looking at us and saying, how are, you, how are you incarnating gospel? How are you pulling on skin over the words of Jesus and going into hard places and being willing to suffer for those who are suffering? Yeah. I noticed some of the people that you have um, with Q ideas are people like mm. Ravi Zacharias, yeah. some of these greats. What is one of the things that you have heard that you think is the most important message for the church on what does it look like to be faithful? Well, our mm. last uh, Q Commons, which is kind of a town hall gathering, we had one in yeah. a few months back with about 105 cities that all participate. Well, Lecrae was at that one and he said, um, some people wanted me to um, hmm. keep yes. the peace. And he said, I wasn't ever asked to keep the peace. I'm called to make, make peace. peace. Wow. And that's a far more dangerous thing. Wow. And I think too of what John Piper said at Passion a couple of years yeah. ago when he was talking about how we're all scared about what's going to happen. And he said, it's not our responsibility to stay alive. It's our responsibility to stay in love oh, with good. Jesus. So good. <laughs> which I think is so yeah. powerful. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for both of you. And I, I said to my son last night, I said, you know, I'm having interviewing Ann Voskamp tomorrow. Do you know her? And he said, mom, she makes a difference. Oh, so the yes. fact that your life, Anne, impacts my 20-year-old son, um, I just personally want to say thank you for being a role model for kids who, <laughs> who want all or nothing. That's my son. He says, I'm all in, Mom, it, or it's, it's not worth in, it. It's all in. We're not yeah. playing games here. Yeah. It's for real yeah. because yeah. he is real. Yeah. Um, I had an amazing experience recently. I spent some time with some of the neediest, some of the poorest of the mm. poor, when you get to sit down um, with people in Angola. And one of our um, desires is not to just rush in, mm. but to sit with their own leaders and say, talk to us, tell us, how can we help you? And they were gracious enough to do this. Would you watch this?
Everybody knows that there are hungry children in Africa, and we know that something needs to be done. UNICEF knows that Angola has one of the highest child mortality rates in the world, and malnutrition is a major contributing factor. This village leader knows that without crops, his community is in grave danger. This mother knows the heartache of watching her children wither away from malnutrition. And this child knows the pain of going to bed hungry. But just knowing about malnutrition in Africa won't help anyone. The actions that we choose to do together will help save a child's life. It's literally breath-stopping to walk into a malnutrition clinic um, and sit on the bed with the mothers as they hold their children who struggle to take one breath. So much I didn't understand. I made some comment to one of our local people about I'd never seen with red hair. And they said, that's because they have no protein and their skin is peeling off and they struggle to take a breath. But you know, the amazing thing was I went from the malnutrition clinic where we spent a couple of days and the next day I got to go to one of the villages where we are feeding children. And suddenly it all made sense. You know, one bowl of this nutritious food literally begins to reverse the cycle from death to life. And I watched these darling children line up in the hot sun for hours, laughing and playing and being like children. And all it took was a simple bowl of food. At the moment, we are feeding 400,000 children in Africa. But when I left Angola the last time, one of the village leaders, just the most beautiful, godly man said, please don't stop. You know, we've seen the difference. Children used to not be able to come to school because they would faint halfway there, so they wouldn't come. And so it's not just that it feeds them, it breaks the whole cycle of devastation. Because if a child can't go to school and they, they have no food, they have no future. But the amazing thing is that we've set up these programs in schools. And so that parents send the children to school because they know they'll get a meal and then they'll stay in school. So you're giving that child a future and a hope. I've stood beside mothers where, honestly, there was one village where I didn't meet one mom who hadn't buried at least two children. And the thing that just is mind-blowing to me is we can change this. It's not impossible. That's why we are there. And for just $30, you're going to feed three children. $50 feeds five. $100 feeds 10 children. I mean, just think of how easily we blow 30 bucks. But that would feed three children for three months. It will literally give them life. And when I left those villages, I mean, our team, we promised them, we're not going to forget you. And I will not forget them. We can do this, but we need to do it together. So please, would you go to your phone and make the best gift you can? I know some of you don't have much, and I get that. Just give what you've got. 
Jesus never asks you to feed the 5,000. He says, what do you have? What do you have? If you bring what you have, he blesses it and he breaks it and he feeds his people. We can change the world. We're God's people. It's our responsibility and our joy. Please go to your phone. Please call in and please do it now. Thank you. In impoverished and even now famine-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face death by starvation. Life's Mission Feeding Program is ready. With your support, we're able to feed and care for children in famine areas of Sudan, as well as Angola and Mozambique. With all of our previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding facing the worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you my Daily Word devotional. This box set of four seasonal devotionals will help you read, reflect, and renew yourself through God's Word with space to journal your thoughts and reflect each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive Carrie Job's newest music project, The Garden, along with the Story Behind the Garden companion DVD. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Determined Eagle, our 2017 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. Can you hear them coughing? Can you hear that deep chest cough? Because the resistance is so low that the least little thing becomes a serious life or death issue for these children. And I don't know if you realize that every time um, that you pick up the phone and you call or every time you go online, these are the people whose lives that you're changing. And our prayer is that we can save this little one. But my prayer is that we can save hundreds of other children before they get to this stage. No child should ever get to this stage. No mom should ever have to watch this. So if we do something now, we can stop this from happening. Thank you so much. If the phones are busy, keep calling. Don't give up. Um, I guess today, Anne Voskamp, The Broken Way, Rebecca Lyon, you are free for any gift. We will send you these books. I just want to thank you so oh, much, you. not just for what you've shared today, but for who you are, for being the hands and feet of Christ out there, for being real and transparent. We love you so, so much. Thank you, thank you for being thank with you. us. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. And Remember, if you need prayer, we're here for you too. You know, thank you that you help us help other people. But maybe you need a little prayer right now. Just know we're here for you too. So I'm Sheila Walsh saying thank you so much for being with us on Wednesdays in the Word. See you next time.
After a prolonged season of storms, Reva Timms now sees how God was carefully at work the whole time. When you make sense of God, the other pieces come together. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.